Real Talk with Chris Roubaix and my main man, Julian. Say what's up. Hey, man. How you guys doing? It's been a while. You know, me and Julian, uh, we had a couple of um, big events. It was Julian's birthday this past week. Yes, sir. How was that, man? It was cool, man. We were down in Miami Beach. Nice. Best place in the world. Have it's crazy. To. It's crazy yeah. to say that I can go there whenever I want. Everyone's got to hop in an airplane and go down there. I just drive 20 minutes and get there. And of course, it's currently spring break right now. Oh yeah. It's Monday. And for, for those that are watching and are not familiar too much with the demographic of spring break, um, the first Monday of spring break is usually for, for college kids to head out <laughs> to the beach. You know, have a little fun, a little bit of... Get a little uh, sunburn going on. Sunburn, a little little intoxication. Oh, yeah. Uh, But we're here, we're working. We've had a bunch of stuff going on with work, so um, the spring break has just been... um, It should be good. It's been important for us, but... We had a few scheduling conflicts, Yeah, we're we're back at it right now. We want to hit this full force. Chris is ready for spring break. Check out... Look Check at this jumpsuit. If you're not, on. I'm sorry. If you're not watching this right now, <laughs> if, if you're not watching oh. this, you need to go check out our YouTube. Yeah, show right. everyone your hat, man. This will nice be posted. All right, check out the hat. All right, that's that's new. That's that's merch. You got that nice. The Chavez it. International Real Estate Company hat. Um, we got yeah, the matching jumpsuit to go Nike with it. And Adidas going on. I don't hey, know what's going on with checks that. over stripes or stripes <laughs> over checks. I like Nike, man. I like yeah yeah. I like the check. <laughs> 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 yes, sir. All right, man. Uh, so much good stuff. We've been compiling information for these past for a couple of weeks going on here. <laughs> I like <laughs> some it. Some crazy stuff going but on. But we got some cool stuff to talk about for real. Um, let's start it off, man. Let's talk about cryptocurrency. Is is that a real thing again? Like, it's what's coming, going on with that? It's coming back, it's man. Everyone, it's everyone. Tell everyone what's going on with All that right. right now. So here in Miami. we talked a lot about WeWork, which is um, which is a co um, co working space. Um, these people basically design, build um, office buildings, office use, um, and basically make it a lot more short term than what a usual lease might be for an office. Um, allows other companies to um, network with others inside the yeah, building. It's a really cool thing. It's, it's like kind of open. They have an office. Exactly. I mean, they have big office space, so you can just sit down at any any table and just right. start working. They got a nice kitchen in there. And it's actually very cost effective if you look at the overall you know net on what you would typically spend for an office building and you know chairs or designing it or or whatever might have you, but um, these guys take care of everything for you. You know, they take care of your, you, you got Wi-Fi, coffee, yeah, Wi-Fi, you got coffee. printing, right? Yeah, yeah, they have printing, they have they have like a conference room you can rent out. I mean, the only time I don't think it makes sense is if you're renting out one of those big offices in there. For that, you can rent right. a cheaper office somewhere else. Yeah, it, it, it depends on, on what it you're working what with. depends what you're trying to do. But if, business. You're, if you're gonna be short term, and you you're just gonna use like the whole co-working thing, talk to a lot of people, network, get business for right. yourself. I think it I think it makes sense. It's pretty cool, pretty cool thing to do. I think so too. So what so, happened there? So one of the buildings in Miami, one of the WeWork buildings, um, is expected to sell for a little bit over sixty-five and a half million. Um, this is gonna be one of the largest known cryptocurrency real estate auctions. Okay, it's only gonna have the top 50 cryptocurrencies. All right, just to clarify, Bitcoin is included, okay? Oh yeah. We were talking about another one that um, Julian mentioned. Ripple, is that what it's <laughs> Ripple called? Ripple was in there, XRP. XRP, and uh, Ethereum? Ethereum, yeah, I don't know about that one. I mean, I've heard of it. It's, it's like the second biggest one, but okay. I can trade that. Yeah, I mean, um, 
Sounds like it. Uh, How much was that sale going for? Do you know? A little bit over sixty-five and a half. There was there was a um, a company that put a deposit down uh, back in January with Bitcoin. So it's for interesting. Closed amount of Bitcoin. What do you think this means for for cryptocurrency? Is real estate over or with with the crypto, or you think it's going to continue? Well, on the MLS, it still has an option to put terms considered crypto. Right. I think it's still an option, but the thing is that title companies have to switch it back to cash anyways. Right. It's a US dollar. It's at the current rate of whatever it's Whatever the current at. rate is at closing, the current rate is cash. So I remember looking at this a couple years ago and like, you know, this is not completely factual, but I remember there was one condo that was, um, it was around 300K and it was the first cryptocurrency transaction in South Florida. And, um, you know, at that point I was... <laughs> At this point, you know, crypto was going crazy. Crypto was booming at the Everyone time. was like, yeah, I'm rich. Cashing out on their private jets. <laughs> no, they weren't even cashing out. Well, they might have been oh, cashing out. Cashed out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple months later, it, it was back down in the uh, the dirt. So um, it's, it's interesting. I thought that, you know, crypto was going to be a part of all real estate transactions. And it is. I mean, it is a part of some real estate transactions, but I don't think it will be a part of all of them. The thing is that... When you when you purchase something with cryptocurrency, you have to bet on the building versus crypto. Because right. if the crypto goes down, then you're valuing the building less. Right. That's good for the buyer, I guess. Right. But for the seller, it's not. It sucks. You thought it was going to be a certain amount, but that crypto just tanked. So right. You're bidding on two markets, basically. People are buying all types of assets. I even can buy cars with crypto. Um, people were buying Starbucks at one point. At so one point. What, do you, what do you think it's better? Do you think it would benefit more the seller or the buyer? Uh, the to buyer. do a transaction with well, with what we see, <laughs> what I've seen through the graph, I think it'll benefit the buyer. I think so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, for the seller, it's just really more troublesome. It's like, hey, how do I get rid of this, um, you know, currency at the rate that I wanted to? I mean, yeah, sure, it could appreciate a little bit, but um, I don't think there's going to be any federal backing to this currency anytime soon. So it's interesting. I think we'll be able to see. Um, where this goes for the future and in assets and, and just in general, you know? It's pretty crazy though, because what if that current, like what if that cryptocurrency tanks that same day? The buyer's gonna get steal in the building. So I think I think you're right. Especially right. with buying, with the buyers having a little bit more power to what the closing date is. Yeah. It's crazy, it's crazy. Okay, so it says right here in the article, if less than the purchase price is raised at auction, meaning that the cryptocurrency is valued less than um, than what it would be to be in uh, converted in cash, then they will offer financing for the um, the the buyer. Okay. So it's kind of a win-win always for the buyer then. I would think so. Um, but you know, obviously, getting financing is going to be a little bit tough for that. I think you know, just like last minute. I, well, they yeah, might have yeah, something like worked up, but um, it's a ninety thousand square foot building. I mean, it's it's no joke. Where do they buy it? It's somewhere in downtown. Um, so we so we work bought a building in downtown, or we were sold. It's leased to WeWork. Oh okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's interesting. Oh, that's right. We work on their properties. They, they right. Listen. Yeah. They, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's almost kind of like an Airbnb for offices. Now, it's not exactly the same business concept, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want to talk about what's going on with Airbnb now? We can. Or do you want to? Yeah. You want to hold that out? You got that article up? I got it up right now, man. Perfect. So 
So right now, Airbnb just bought their biggest purchase of all time, $400 million on an app called Hotel Tonight. I'm not sure if anyone's heard about that app before, but basically- Super cool, you've used it I've before, used it right? a lot of time. So you, you book hotels, at first it was to book hotels like same day, this weekend, like- Right, like SeatGeek, but for like right. hotels. Right, so you book it right there and they have discounted prices because you're booking the same day. Yeah. Now they made it a little bit better. You can book like a month in advance, all wow. that kind of stuff. Cool. So they're pretty big in the hotel market. They're the easiest app to use. Definitely way better than like hotels.com and Expedia. Yeah. How so, big's the company? How much do they just sell for? 400 million. Whew. Airbnb just bought it for 400 million. Their biggest accusation of all time. Wow. No, yeah, I think Airbnb is playing it right, man. You got to bet on these technology companies. Um, like you said, it was the biggest acquisition. It just shows that they're really trying to emphasize the importance of this company. They're, Airbnb is over a $30 billion company. Um, yeah. It's, I think it could be so the way. What do you man. think Airbnb is trying to do buying a hotel company? Because Airbnb, they always try to separate themselves from hotels. I mean, I thought, because before Airbnb, for everyone doesn't know, you, they were renting out like condos, right. everything that wasn't a hotel they were doing. This is my prediction. And I think this is kind of weird, but I'm just going to say this. Okay. I think Airbnb is the Amazon of real estate. It could be. It could be. Now, it's just short term right now. Right. Right? But it could. It, it has the possibility to expand long term. You know what I'm saying? Rentals, sales, right. something like that. But, um, you know, right now, that's not what they want to do. They want to focus on the rental aspect and short term, right? right. So better cap rate for you, short term. Um, you know, higher higher rates per day is you know more lucrative, um, but it's also very volatile with the market. You know, hotels are one of the most sensitive to economic conditions. So they are um, because I mean, if the economy's not making money, the first thing you cut out is I don't want to buy a hotel. Yeah, exactly. So like, why would I stay in a hotel if I'm doing poorly in money? I'm not, not right. going to do that. Yeah. So I guess I think they're predicting that the economy is going to get better by right. by just spending 400 million. It wasn't a small small purchase it's right. like 400 million bucks yeah no jump change that's for sure but um, I do like how they're betting on the future of technology you know um, definitely um, it's interesting we all talk about these industries moving into more tech but Hotel Tonight was the easiest app I've ever used ever to book a hotel I mean easier than calling someone up on the phone and doing it you that's really, cool really swipe like this. I've never used it I want to use it yeah it's an, it's an amazing app and they got they got pretty good deals they send you alerts when really? Like, you click watch this other. Let's say you want to stay at Manhattan Beach. Yeah, yeah. The Fountain Blue. Yeah. They got Fountain Blue on yeah, it? Yeah, but the thing is, the way it works is they book out a certain amount of rooms. Sometimes they have the Fountain Blue, sometimes they don't. Right. But if you type in Miami Beach, they'll have like the Fountain Blue, they'll have Eden Rock, they'll have a bunch of hotels there. And right. you click watch this shirt, this search, and then it'll show, it'll give you an alert, a notification on your phone, when prices go down or up. Wow. So that's when it's time cool. to book or not. Yeah. So it kind of does like what you think you're doing in your head. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to search for hotels.com right now, but I'll search it again in another hour and see if prices are down. It does it for you. Right. It sends you a little alert on your phone. Prices have gone down. Super cool. Super, yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I, I think it's good, man. I think it, it was as cool as Airbnb, but for hotels. Right. That's why I think they bought them. Yeah. It makes sense why they're doing so much advertisement. You've seen them going down the highway here. That They have that huge sign that says Hotel Tonight. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. It's a huge Where's sign. Where's it? I-95? Yeah, it's I-95. Yeah, it I says... Think less, travel more, or something. Because how nice. how easy it is to yeah to rent a place on there. I mean, smart. To, I want to try it out. I think you should. It's super super. Yeah. Cool. And then you get points and stuff. I think my friends need to try it out. All my friends coming down here for spring break. Definitely populated Miami anymore. 
let's talk a little bit more about spring break. You know, um, we got a big festival coming up in Miami. One of the uh, the biggest, I guess you could call, um, festivals in the United States. That maybe really, the world, really. Maybe the world. I mean, it's a lot of people. We're talking about Ultra Miami. Um, I know I have a lot of friends and uh, and family that are coming down to go see this festival. Um, but <laughs> it turns out the zip code that we're in right now um, is having a little bit of trouble with the idea of having Brick, uh, the Ultra Music Festival at its, lo- at its location that it's supposed to be at. So in previous years, Ultra Music Festival was located in Bayfront Park, which is in downtown Miami. It's surrounded by beautiful buildings like the Intercontinental. Right next to the arena. Right next to the arena, American Airlines arena, arena that we're talking about. Um, right next to Loft 2, a bunch of beautiful buildings, um, excellent skyline right next to the water. Um, but they uh, decided to leave. Um, they changed, uh, I think it was an agreement between both parties to leave Bayfront as a location. And um, so they moved it to um, Virginia Key and Virginia Key Park. So um, that's connected to um, a causeway called Rickerbacher Causeway. Um, which is connected to an island. Um, so it's interesting how this uh, has came as like an idea. You know, hey, let's put a music festival on an island. That's pretty crazy. If I, mean, you, I would go for that. <laughs> yeah, you would go for that. But uh, this is for anyone that's ever seen the documentary Fire on Netflix. Have you seen it? Fire Festival? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you think that. You think it would be a good idea, but um, right. So... Right now, uh, the Brickle Association representing 35,000, and I hate to say this, Brickleites. That's literally what they're called, Brickleites. Am I a Brickleite? You are, because you're like, No, I'm not sorry. a Brickleite. I'm no, not that's on a weird this. word. I mean, I used to like a Brickleteer. I am for Ultra. I'm Miamian. <laughs> By the way, I am a Florida resident. I just became a Florida resident uh, last week. You know, I'm a 305 resident, 305 until I die. I'm super pumped. Uh, finally, man. <laughs> exactly. So, um, the, Brickle- the 35,000 Brickleites are suing uh, the city of Miami uh, over alleged illegal leases to Ultra Music Festival. Um, the reason why we wanted to include this today is because um, David Beckham, who's a very prominent um, soccer star. He's like a social figure almost here. Almost. He just purchased a soccer team in Miami. He's bringing a soccer team to Miami. But the real reason why uh, the person that's heading this uh, lawsuit, and um, I don't believe it's a class action lawsuit. I just think it's a bunch of separate lawsuits. Is that um, the attorney David Winker? Um, he is—he's the guy that handles all of David Beckham's properties uh, for Melry's properties. Um, he is representing the Brickle Association in this lawsuit. So basically, what they're trying to do is get rid of Ultra this year. What do you think? Pros and cons. Cons, well, cons of having Ultra. I want to know. About all right. That. So Brickle got approved. I want to say two months ago. Right? Well, it might even be, it's March now. I mean, so. Brickle approved it. Brickle, or I'm sorry, Virginia Key approved it. Okay. Um, so I think it, this would have made sense right after they got approved, but we're less than a month out now. They're already like setting up. It's kind of hard to stop We're a couple that. weeks away. We yeah. got millions Two of people. Two weeks. We got people flying in from all over the world to see this. Right. Yeah. They can't cut it off now. I don't think they can. I mean, 
Yeah. But give, give me some more cons. Why Why do you think it wouldn't be good to have it? So, I can't even the think island that. that it's on is very historic. All right, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an older island. There's a lot of, it's basically only residential over there. Um, it's, you know, one way in, one way out. It's a little bit different. There's a lot more space to the lease that they're using compared to Bayfront. But um, I think in terms of There's a lot music, more space there? There's a lot more space oh. at Virginia Key. Um, so I believe Ultra has also extended the times. It'll now be from uh, the earliest you can get in there, probably like 3 or like 5 p.m. sometime in the afternoon. And then it'll go till 2 a.m., which is totally new because at Bayfront, they were only allowed to go to 12 a.m. because it's surrounded by all those residential buildings. And honestly, they were way done. I, I went to it last year, I'm not gonna lie. Huge ultra fan, but um, uh, I think it's done a little bit before 12. But the reason why they really wanted to leave Bayfront is because the sound, the music levels, it's just crazy. It's only one weekend. <laughs> it's, it's one weekend, and it used to be two. That's the craziest part. Is because could you imagine doing that one weekend and then doing another with all That's the traffic, traffic, tourists, hotels, everything? Yeah, but think about all the money that the city's generating. Yeah, I mean it's got to be over a hundred million dollars. Waiters in, in are week. excited, restaurants are excited, hotels are excited. Right. More the city itself should be excited because there's a hundred thousand people. Like a lot of people there. in taxes, a lot of money in taxes, sales tax on everything you buy. All right, a hundred thousand times five hundred bucks. A hundred thousand times five hundred bucks. That's five million bucks. No. Okay, hold on. Times five hundred? Yeah. Fifty million. Fifty million. Sorry, that's how much that. they're making. That's how much they're making in a weekend. That's, that's crazy. A lot of money. Yeah, but I mean, they still gotta pay artists and set it up. You know, okay. but that's still a good chunk of change. Whoever's running that. That's just ultra for the tickets to get in. I'm right. talking about the hotels people are renting. Oh yeah, yeah, the revenue to the entire city. Yeah, yeah. And then these hotels gotta pay taxes to the city. There's sales tax and everything. Everyone's gotta eat. They're not gonna bring I food from from Virginia to come down here. Exactly. They gotta eat here. And the both locations um, originally me- weren't even in Miami. They weren't. They they were at Hard Rock Stadium. Oh, okay. they were out in. Um, Fort Lauderdale, they're out in, uh, they, I think they tried the concept of Wynwood, but I don't think that would work. There's not enough space on But there. they really were proposing, the only reason why it wasn't at Hard Rock Stadium is because there's an event there that weekend, a big event. Um, not bigger than Ultra. Right, but <laughs> there was, it was something comparable, like um, a little bit something more. They, they couldn't have fit 100,000 people in Hard Rock. No, I don't think so. Not inside Hard Rock, it would have to be around, oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? But that that splits your inc- your revenue right. for each city, right? Because people are going to stay in Fort Lauderdale because it's not that far away from there, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper. And you know you got Miami right next to you, and you're going to split the revenue this way. They're throwing everyone down here, in Miami, super close. To no one's going to stay in Fort Lauderdale to drive down to Miami for this. Well, people that don't Unless live they here live might. If they, if they don't live here, but exactly. Let's say you're flying in from Washington D.C. to come to Miami. Right. You're not going to book a hotel for a lot of people. You're going to book a hotel, maybe at the Epic Hotel, something like that. Maybe you say that, but dude, there's a, a big price comparison between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Well, I know a lot of there? people that rather fly into Fort Lauderdale. One being because Southwest has flights out of Fort Lauderdale, and Miami International Airport does not. Okay. Southwest. I don't know why. Southwest. If you're watching this, please get us some flights out of here. This is one of the biggest, you know, airports in the one United States. One of our friends just flew in here from Southwest, and he said Southwest is the biggest mess. Really? He said it's like undersigned seating. Yeah. Like you get on and you're like, 
All right, find a seat. <laughs> it's like a school bus. You had to like. But that's elbow part people. of it. It's, it's just re- it's just drastically reduced. You know, you're like I'm not gonna lie. When that's you're why Southwest, you're cattle. You know what I'm <laughs> you're you're packaged just like cattle. You're like sardines. Um, but that's part of it. It's easy that's to why travel. Cheaper, it's quick. You know, whatever. It's good. It's good if you're trying to save money, but. I feel like Miami is going to make way more money doing it in Virginia Key than if they would have done it up there by right. Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's better for Miami. I'm from Miami, so I like Miami to do better. Yeah. Don't I worry. agree. When I heard that Hard Rock was doing it, I was actually scared. Because, first off, I don't want to drive an hour up there to go see that. Or, exactly. You know, it's not... It's you, you look at Hard Rock, you can see Hard Rock from like two miles away because it's the only... It's the tallest structure. It's the only thing there. Yeah, it's the only thing out there. Um, well, they bought it there because the land is so much cheaper. That's why they bought it up in Miami Gardens. Right, right. But, you know, you look at people like David Beckham right now that are trying to build stadiums around Miami. It's doable. But, I mean, like... It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. Yeah. It's going to cost you to be in Miami. Yeah. It will, but that's that's why you're here in Miami. Yeah. But you'll make more money off of being in Miami. I will say that Ultra has done some due diligence to provide residents with a little bit more peace of mind being transportation they're offering um uh so bus transportation trying to cut out a little bit of traffic yeah cut out a little bit of traffic um and then also they're doing ferries as well so you can go by boat to ultra okay which is really cool are you in ultra um i might i have a bunch of friends coming in town so yeah i'm probably We'll, we'll definitely beat out Ultra. Up. We'll let you know if this lawsuit happens, <laughs> if, if it actually goes through anything. But the um, is, they ought to get it done quickly. I mean, Ultra's in a couple of weeks. You got everyone spent big money to come down here. I, I don't know. Yeah. Through. It's huge. It's huge news. I hope it doesn't go through. I'm sorry, David. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. But um, no, yeah, we'll figure it out. I think um, I think it's really interesting. But yeah, man. Okay. We want to talk a little bit about Zillow. Man. <laughs> Don't talk about Zillow when Julian's around. He'll <laughs> get so mad. All right, let's, let's talk about Zillow. Right. Let's talk about how this guy in California, this is a little bit of uh, national news that we got here. Um, okay, wow. Okay, I'm looking at this. I'm sorry. I think this is Dan Bilzerian's house from what I've seen on Snapchat. Um, but Zillow is currently being sued by a private individual that owns a property in Bel Air, California. Um, The lawsuit uh, is seeking damages of $60 million against home sale marketing company Zillow. And the reason why is because Zillow um, does provide transactional history, as in, okay, this property sold for this amount. Comparables. Right. Comps of, uh, you know, of, of what the properties have sold for, or or when and what dates and how much. Um, well, this guy is suing because um, the property is estimated to be around 100 to $150 million. Um, and someone has hacked the account. And uh, I'm sorry, not hacked the account. It's not like it's Twitter or something. But it has hacked Zillow and provided false information, uh, false transactional information about the property. To skew. To skew the price, meaning... Um, they, they said on Zillow that it sold for 50 or 60, 70 million dollars when in reality it's worth 100 to 150. So this guy has intentionally sued Zillow, uh, for 60 million dollars in damages due to, um, 
the net effect that has inflicted financial damage on him uh, because now he can't, you know, or he, he might not be able to reach that, that asking price that he wanted to because he has those comps that led to that. And, um, you know, it's not like it's a historic house. It's a brand new house I'm looking at it right now. And I, I really do think it's Dan Bilzerian's house. Or is that just how LA works? I'm not sure. It's a beautiful house. They said, what is it? 12 bedrooms, 21 baths. All right. Well, Let me know. 38,000 38, square feet. Wow. Do you think he's going to win the lawsuit? I think he will. I think so, too. 100%. Because dude, these skew, guys can't be doing this, they man. They didn't skew it by a million bucks. A million dollars is a lot of money still. Yeah. They skewed that thing by over $50 million. Let's scale it down a bit. Let's scale it down. So, $100, $150 million. That's, that's like that's crazy. Half, I mean, right. that's 50% of the evaluation. So, let's divide that by 100, right? So, let's say you got a property that's worth a million to a million and a half dollars, right? Okay. And these people were putting in, um, they somehow hacked Zillow and said that your property sold two years um, I'm sorry, um, six months into while you owned it, and they said that it sold for $600,000, right? How would that make you feel? That would make your property value go from, let's say, 1.25 to 725000 Right. That's and not only right. that, but, and I'm going to call out Zillow for this, is because Zillow... It would, it would change this estimate, which is what everyone prides himself on. Right. You know, oh, my house is worth this because of this estimate. When those are in reality, 10 to 20% off, plus minus, like under or over. So, and they've done studies. Well, they, actually, in their headquarters in Seattle, right. a study was done in Seattle itself. Yeah. The average price that homes have appraised at are on average $30,000 off. From the estimate, right? Whether up or down, yeah, that's crazy. In their hometown of Seattle, so they can't even get the prices right in Seattle, where they're located at. That's where their HQ is. Right. How are they trying to do this at a national level? Right. How could someone in Seattle tell me what my home is worth in Miami? Mm-hmm. They can't even get Seattle right. Here's the thing: you were talking about Seattle. Let's talk about the guy that created it. I might have spoken about this on we the talk, podcast. We touched before. about it a little bit last time. We didn't know about the new business plan yet. We would have roasted it. Oh my gosh, we're talking about that next. But CEO, CEO, this guy, uh, original founder, the guy that created the app, created all the algorithms, algorithms to all of these estimates. Is uh, he listed his property for around two million dollars? That's what the estimate said. And he sold it for 1.2, which is drastically off. That's huge value. That's 800 grand. And that's actual data. Like, that is, that is a known Those are fact. Facts. <laughs> and that is the CEO that did that. The guy that originated they it. They can't even get the CEO's home valuation. Exactly. They can't even get that right. So it's interesting, you know? So we look at all of it. And what we were just about to talk about was the new feature that they've added on. Right. All right. So we talked about it a little bit last time. We talked about Zillow getting a new CEO. To give you a little bit of info about this guy, he was the owner, he's the guy that started Expedia. Expedia, everyone knows after Expedia started, they got rid of all the travel agents. Basically, I mean, travel agents now are really used for large groups or, yeah. you know, uh, certain criteria. They're still around, but at a smaller, smaller. Exactly, exactly. So I think they're trying to get into the real estate game to possibly try to get rid of realtors? I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. We talked about this in the discussion in class that I was in on Wednesday. Uh, we had the CEO of Avanti Way Realty, um, who's a, a very big tech guy in the real estate industry, has a brokerage of over 700 agents. And he said personally, 
uh, and I agree with him, of course, is real estate, you still need that personal touch. You know, it's it can't be fully automated. An, an as-is contract in real estate to purchase any home, the minimal amount of pages it is is 12 pages. Yeah. You out there watching this podcast, you've never studied real estate. Me and Chris studied real 12 estate. 12 pages. So we know, we know how to interpret those It's contracts. more like 25 to Right, like, but the minimum it could ever be no matter what. I just looked at one that was 76 pages. You yeah. know, it's just like... Um, you, and it's not only that, it's you gotta see it in person, you know, you gotta figure out the, the right deals, the right you gotta, people. You gotta evaluate correctly. Like exactly. my valuations have never ever been thirty thousand dollars up. Pictures pictures do it justice, but they can't do all of the justice. That's my right. that's well, my best. Right thing. here, sitting here before we started this, an appraisal called me and was was asking me, he's appraising a place. Right. He asked me, so what was the condition of the place? Because that property sold for hundred sixty five thousand, but the clumps are showing 200 grand. Right. How come you guys hold 165? A computer can't tell you this, but I can when I picked up the phone. I said, the place had had water damage. It didn't even have a kitchen. Right. It didn't even have the upstairs bathroom. That's why it sold for that. Right. Zillow could never tell you that. Can't. And when I got rid and there was no picture showing that. So the pictures, the pictures were non-existent. They had no information to know about that. Right. I was the one that told them that place sold for that little because it didn't have a kitchen. If not that sale, would have ruined the valuation for all the rest because it only sold for 165. Right. And it was a condominium. Yeah. So imagine that here. Yeah. I mean, it's... A human has to pick up the phone. You, you, you always got to, well, not only pick up the phone, but go to the actual properties, right. you know, um, you know, just learning information, you know, the, there's experts in this field, you know. Uh, yeah, we're the, we're the experts. We're the licensed experts here. We that's study why this. we have the license. Okay. And then we have appraisers that are in this also. Right. That, that know this field. So we think that that Zillow is is really um, it's a useful app to the consumer, but in terms of actual transactions, I think it's it's going to be too hard to to catch up with. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, real estate still very personal. A computer can't can't tell you valuation. I don't think it's with all the different factors that go into the valuation of a property. So then. Going forward on that, I want to talk about Zillow's new business plan. How I was saying that the new CEO, he got rid of all the travel agents and now he's, I think he's trying to head for all the real estate agents. Uh, We need some slow jazz music. Perfect. This is a terrific Miami day right now. It is. It's a nice day out here in Miami. So, right now, we're going to continue talking about the uh, the new uh, option that Zillow has created. Um, the Zillow CEO has uh, permitted for all consumers and users to have. Um, this new feature instant offers instant offers man. Let's talk about it. Okay So what instant offers is is anyone that owns a property they're restricted in some areas But wherever they are the way it works is I think they're restricted in a lot of areas They are for I right don't now. think you can do it in like Miami. Can you? I'm not sure. Oh. I'm not even interested. Yeah, but, <laughs> but But what it is is you get an off you you send in the property address to Zillow and they're gonna They're gonna give you back an offer, but they think it's worth and they'll buy it from you for that offer 
for everyone that's watching, these prices are significantly lower than your home valuation. Right. Because, first of all, they have no idea what your property even looks like. Yeah. Their estimates are way off. Yeah. And they're going to buy it and try to make a lot of profit on you. They're not going to buy it and try to make five grand on you. Yeah. They're going to try to buy it and make 50 grand off of you. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like this tool can be utilized um, for uh, profit, as in meaning, okay, I can go into a place and buy it for you know 30% what market value is saying or what the estimate is saying or whatever right and then you go in and then they're not gonna ask they know how much you bought it for you know it's not like it's gonna be like you know um, oh we'll give you 50 grand more or 50% more they're not gonna you do you any favors right yeah they're gonna try to make money off of you and they will yeah. if you do it but here's where I also think they're gonna be restricted is they can't buy every house in the United States. You know, um, they're a technology company at the end of the day. They're not a, um, a acquisition buying company for real estate. They're not trying to build opportunity zones or anything crazy like that, you know? So they're, they're trying to get into a market that they have no idea what to do. I mean, right. Zillow's original business plan was getting agents on there. They were paying money to get to, to market agents, which, which worked originally for them, but now they're getting all of the agents' money and putting it towards buying these properties. And agents are still paying them thousands and thousands of dollars to market themselves. Yeah, it's very expensive to market on Zillow compared to other platforms as in like Instagram, Facebook, GoStar. All those things. Yeah. I mean, just word of mouth is Loop cheaper. Net, yeah, <laughs> word, of, word of mouth, zero acquisition costs. <laughs> really, and then they're, they're trying to buy these properties, really using the realtors money themselves and then after trying to cut off the realtors. Yeah. Because they, they have agents that they're working with to buy these places, but they're the Zillow agents. Right. They work they're for Zillow. Zillow. They only work for Zillow. Exactly. They get a salary. Right. They get a salary. They they're not like me. Yeah. I don't sell. I don't get paid, man. Yeah. And it's interesting how Zillow collects all this data. I think we don't really talk about that much. So let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little bit mad at, yeah. at all the associations of realtors. We've been selling data to Zillow for years. This data isn't accurate, by the way, because it's off by hours and... It doesn't include public sales that don't happen with realtors. So the, the associations of realtors sell our data to them. So me and Chris, I think we thought we're thinking about starting our own thing, cutting out the let's do it. The MLS. Let's Miami cut MLS, out Zillow. If you hearing this, talk to me. Yeah, I'm not very happy. We got some serious issues to talk about. We're paying them thousand dollars a year, and they're just selling our data behind our back. Yeah. I mean, I never signed something saying you can sell our data. It's good. But it's also bad because, right, we think we're giving them the upper hand by allowing more consumers, more exposure for our properties and our listings. But in the end result is confusion of data. And that is, you know, um, I, I think it's just basically, it's just it's just a way of exporting that data. You know what and I'm saying? Back in the day, like I would have it as a listing broker. I would put it on there because I want to give my property more exposure. But now it's not even going to me. Like the people that are interested in it, it goes only to the people that are paying money to and be still up. And it's automatic, right? Yeah, yeah. It's automatic. So, you know, I just did a listing today and it's already on HomeSnap, which is very similar to Zillow. And they said, Oh, congrats on your new listing. I didn't I didn't manually put that into your app. It's already it's already sold. It's yeah, already it's gone. Already it's already transacted. It's Isn't sold that crazy from, from the main minutes. Bus. Minutes. It was less than an hour I got an, I got a notification from HomeSnap saying, Congrats on your new listing. Yeah. It's crazy. But it's, it's not accurate because not everything is there. Right. We take into account the stuff that sold off the MLS, we take into account all of it, the like how the property actually looks. Like if you would have renovated a kitchen here and threw twenty grand into it, it would have adjusted the valuation. You know right. I mean? And, and I think that's where, where Zillow messes up is 
Um, we should have, I know they buy data, right? But we should be able to manually input that ourselves for exposure for them, right? right. Um, and that's where I think it's gotten twisted. I think if, if all the realtors cut off Zillow, they'll have no more power. But the thing is that so many realtors dump money into there. Yeah. To try to market A lot themselves. of people don't. I don't do it. I, I know how to get my own leads different ways. Right. I don't have to pay Zillow for that. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah. So, so what else? We, so, so we're not very happy about Zillow. I mean, let's, 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 let's talk let's about the, away from, let's from talk Zillow. about the priciest home sales in Miami. That, that's what I'm trying to get to right now. Hopefully, uh, Julian ends up on this list in a couple weeks, huh? I actually may be <laughs> on this list. I'm very excited. All right. Let's so, talk about the, uh, the biggest one. What was the, what was the biggest So we're talking one? about condo sales, not just sales. Okay. So just condo sales. Uh, the priciest condo sales in Miami in February. We're talking about February. The data for March hasn't came out yet. Ranged from six hundred forty-five thousand to two million dollars. Wow. Okay. That these number, are condos, by the these way. These are condos in Miami. This um, is just an undivided um, interest in a building. This isn't a uh, actual place right. that you can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? When you buy a condo, for everyone doesn't know, you're actually only buying the air between the walls. You don't even own the walls in the condo. And the common space. Yeah, you're buying you're buying an interest in the common space, which, right. is, which is good. So then in February, there was only $32 million worth of sales in Miami-Dade County. Which, which is strong? Which, no, it's significantly down from January. Oh, okay. Which had $79 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's about half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So then there was 83 units sold less in February than... Then in January. Right. Okay. And then this, for some part, maybe due to extra expenses in February, I don't know, Valentine's Day, the shorter month. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's interesting. We should, you know, we talk about, that's a huge difference. Yeah. That's, that's what it's a $50 million. Yeah. About, give or take $50 in total million sales. in total sales. One month to the next. Uh, the average price for, for a condo in Miami Beach was, in Miami itself was 323000 The most expensive sold in February was only $2 million. But it was in the Marquise residences. So it was nice. But we're looking, we're looking for, for a nice... I think it's going to be a lot better in March. I mean, me, myself, I would have made this list in February. Yeah. At 900000 Miami Beach. Nice nice unit. Yeah. Uh, I, think they're, I think it's really going to pick up in February. I mean, in, in March, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll be looking back again towards $80 million, maybe $100 million mark. Hopefully, we'll see it go back up. Let's talk about the market. Let's so talk about the market. This is, this is for, uh, we're going to begin our questions now. Um, good friend of mine, Daniel Gabardi, reached out to me. He said, what's, what's our predictions for 2019? Julian, we want to talk about this. So we saw a dip January to February. Condos. Okay. Right, and these are luxurious, right? This isn't the 300 to 500 range. This is million plus or 750 right. plus. But what do you think for 2019 predictions? 2019 in general, not just condo sales. I'm right. About Miami. I'm everything. talking about Florida. Single family, general. condos. Commercial everything. Commercial. Businesses. Businesses. Okay. All right, just a quick shout out to Chris. He got he got a listing for, <laughs> for a business. Yeah, yeah, check it out. It's a restaurant down at Brickell, uh, operating a positive cash flow. You know, I think it's a great opportunity. 
If you want any more details, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever you guys. Small detail you left out. You'll get if you invest in that place, you'll get your money back in a year and a half. Money back in one year. Uber Uber Eats pays for the rent, so um, it's that's where you want to be. I think that's where restaurants are going to be uh, technologically. Uh, I think it is better to order food in your living room than it is in in their dining room. You get what I'm saying? So. People, people are gonna want to prefer eating at their home rather than dining in. And of course, we talk about the personal touch. Right. And, I, I, you know. I, I agree with you somewhat, but I still like going like with my girlfriend or something. I like I going into. That's why I think it's important that they have that nice location. Of right, right. Tons and brickles. So yeah, yeah. And it's, it's nice to be there. You know, a little bit over a thousand square feet. Great opportunity. Make your money back in a year. Okay, right. Deep, so. Okay. So going back to Gabardi's question, my prediction for 2019, I actually think it's gonna, it's gonna, the market's gonna get hotter. I think it will get hotter too. I mean, reason being that there is a recent article that came out saying Florida's population is going up by 900 people per day. So how could prices go lower? Just what I want to hear, 900 people on the expressway. <laughs> 900 more people a day on so the expressway. I feel like they're all in Palmetto Expressway. <laughs> a good portion of those 900 people are on the expressway. Every day going up. So everyone that's saying, oh, I'm going to wait until prices go down. Sorry, sir. They're not going to go I down. I don't think now. they will go down. I think, um, you know, right now, Interest rates are still historically low. Uh, I'm talking to a few uh, buyers and, and clients and everything of that nature, and um, you know, it's still favorable. So I think uh, getting a loan at four, four and a half percent—that's very cheap money. Guys, that's super cheap. Compared what, to what were we talking about over? Where was it at? In Europe. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, France. Yeah. France. What is the interest They're rate? Two percent. Two percent. Wow. But I mean, like, that's totally different. That's there. France. That's yeah, yeah. Probably not. You know. 30 properties for sale right yeah. around here. No, the thing about France is that they're, they're not constantly buying and selling properties. Right, they, right. If you buy a property, you're most likely to die in that property. Wow, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> just to let you guys know. But yeah, I think I think definitely the prices are gonna continue to steadily increase. It's not gonna be a, bo- a boom like we had in the last few years. Yeah, it's, like we talked about that last time. We, I don't think we're ever gonna see that. Or again, unless something really slips out. Like, yeah. Like the underwriting standards, or we talk about, you know, the CDOs. Yeah, you still have the underwriting standards mortgages. are still high. Yeah, you still have to be qualified to buy. So I think the prices will steadily go up at a nice rate. I think it's healthy for the economy for this year. Yeah, for twenty for twenty nineteen, I think prices will continue to increase. Uh, considering condos, residential, everything residential, everything commercial, because so many people are moving over here. Right. I think prices will continue to increase. We have a nice inventory level, so I think that'll fill nicely. Lots of supply. I've seen a lot of properties go back on the market, or or um, you know they'll they'll be temporary off and then come back on now in March. Um, it's getting really hot because you know summer is summer's coming around the corner, man. Right. That's everyone has always thought historically that January was the Peak the, hottest, the hottest months over here, but I don't think so anymore. I think it's peak season over there on the Gulf side. Right. I don't think in Miami it is anymore. I think yeah. it's getting closer to summer, like March, April. I think these, for me myself, it's going to be my hottest months right. in March and April and stuff. I had a really good January and February, but right. I think getting closer to the summer, it's actually picking up more. Yeah, I agree. Regarding everything real estate, not just not just condos, not just rentals, everything real estate. Right. And I'm not going to lie, you know, if we look at the transactional, or I'm sorry, not transactional, historical data... Um, over the past 100 to 125 years, um, you know, it's real estate is cyclical and that's, that's part of the reason why it's lucrative and why, you know, people like us want to be, um, in it. Um, right now, you know, we've, we're right around that, that 10 year mark, 
um, where there should be a price correction. Um, but really, you know, in terms of, of actual data and uh, list price to sale price, you know, it's, it's not really fluctuating that much. Yeah. I mean, the reason being is right. It's supposed to be every 10 years. The thing is that last in the last 10 years, we had eight to huge, 10 years, right? We had a huge, huge correction. Right. In 2008. So I feel like we're going to get by maybe five more years. Right. Maybe it'll be this time. 15 I think, I think like two or two or three years, something's got to slip out. You know what I'm saying? When I say the slip out, is, it's like a Jenga board. You know what I'm saying? And, and the, uh, the, the, the movie, the big short, you know, they, they showed how the bonds work with the Jenga um, game. Right. And it just takes one thing to just slip out. You know right. what I'm saying? No, but what is it going to be this time? Like Exactly. That's what we're waiting for. But the thing is, mortgages, you have to be qualified to get a mortgage. Unless you, unless the buyer is doing fraud, the mortgage people can't do it. Right. So unless the buyer themselves are doing fraud to buy the home, I don't know what's going to slip out. And yeah. I know they're not. Yeah. I agree. Because the reason why it all got so messed up like that is because people couldn't afford to pay the mortgages. Yeah. And it was People without jobs standards. were getting million dollar loans. Yeah. The interest only loans were a big portion. Oh of yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was nice. Refinancing was tough and all that. Okay. Yeah, we've done a bunch of research on it, but uh, that's all we want to talk about for our predictions. You so, know, you have any other questions you want to? I do have some more questions. Let's talk about building wealth in real estate. This is for my man uh, Mario Lacayo, good friend of mine. Uh, check him out on Instagram, Money Moves Mario underscore. Uh, really good guy. Knows a lot about the, uh, the market. He is from Nicaragua. That's okay. where he's from. Nice. Yeah, I know that. And um, he's a good guy. So let's talk about building wealth. And really, we want to talk about not really, you know, I see this equation a lot is profit equals income plus price appreciation. We really don't want to talk about the price appreciation too much uh, in terms of building wealth or for me. Uh, you know, you can do whatever approach you want to do, but for me, building wealth is is income, right? So um, we talk a lot about you know cap rates and um, you know buying properties that that performed well on a pro forma statement. Um, I think it's important to uh, earn income and then also earn income in investing in real estate through. Um, monthly rents. You mean earning income like as your job, and then earning yes, some combining both, okay. right? Because that's how you expand into more markets. So um, I think it's important to start buying real estate now, right? Um, earning that that passive income. Price right? is only going to increase. Right. So you know, price appreciation does come into effect that's on like how people 10, build wealth. Correct, but you can't just. We're, we're, when we talk about price appreciation, we're talking about people flipping homes, basically. So um, you have the income sign, which is basically becoming a landlord, right? Building wealth, owning properties, buying properties, rights, you know, seeing value and um, using that income that you earn from real estate and also any other job that you have or jobs and investing in more real estate and eventually building your portfolio into something that's relative to what um, you know wealthy people own. Right, so, yeah. like the most millionaires in the United States have been because of real estate. Yeah, and most of it's, uh, like you said, attributed to real estate, but um, building wealth, you know, uh, flipping houses is very cool. I think the concept is, is very lucrative. Uh, but that strategy doesn't work out for everyone, and um, 
the more realistic approach would be um, collecting income as a landlord and um, you know using positive leverage and and financing but also we talk about wealth you know we when we talk about wealth um, you know it's not like uh, you know you need to focus on your cash too it can't be just borrowing from the bank that's not how you increase your wealth so you also can't overextend yourself but you also need to create positive leverage to where your property is maximizing its cap rate and um, providing a great source of relative income for you. So that's where I stand on that and building wealth. Um, I got one more question from my buddy all the way from Arizona. Shout out to Drew Schweitz, a good friend of mine from from high school. He's asking me, how to get started in real estate as a side investment outside of your regular job. Well, I think it's super important to have a, an outside job uh, creating extra income, but what you're really asking for is passive income. How do you start with that? So um, with that, I would say, um, you know, I would say buy a property for yourself. I would say buy a property for yourself, right? And, and become a, a landlord um, and, and rent that out to, to other people that that live with you, right? This is, we're talking about like super small scale right now. Um, this would probably be the easiest way for you um, to create income, right? So you have people that are paying for your mortgage, right? You're getting that paid for. Um, and then also buying, using that income that you use from there, all that profit, and then buying more property. So uh, whether you buy it for yourself and, and use it like that, or, you know, strictly, um, you know, renting or, or staying in another house where you're paying rent with other people and investing the income that you have from another job into um, more real estate assets to create um, that income effect, not really the price appreciation effect um, and, and growing your wealth into eventually investing in more and more properties right, cause, cause that add value to you. you know? Every month you're getting whatever, thousand bucks a month, 2,000 bucks a month, right. it adds up and that money itself, you, you could actually buy real estate with, apart from your other real income, right. not real income, but wherever you work, wherever your nine to five is, whatever right. that is. Yeah, I think it's also important to, to um, talk about the, you know, um, the tax advantages that are involved with real estate. You know, we talk about taxable income, and capital gains, um, as well as other tax advantages like opportunity zones and, yeah. and all that sorts, which we've covered before. Um, but I think it's really important to to look at those. Now, I will say um, you shouldn't be looking at real estate just for the tax advantages. I was listening to um, a very smart CEO who's an FIU alumni. Uh, his name is Glenn Refrano. Um, he manages a REIT called uh, Verit, V-E-R-E-I-T, on the New York Stock Exchange. They control about $4 billion in real estate assets, focusing on single tenant uh, properties and, um, and things of that nature. So um, he says um, some of his worst deals have been just from focusing on the tax advantages of real estate. Right. You have to focus on the value yeah. and the actual property itself appreciating and creating you a good cap rate, good income, good cash flow that can benefit you in the future. We're not talking about short-term holds here. We're not talking about six months to a year. We're talking about long-term investments here. We're talking about three to five years or five to 10 years. That's how you really build wealth. And it's not gonna be, you know, like they say, success just doesn't happen overnight. 
Um, so I think it's important to, to capture all of those aspects and, and capitalize on them. Okay, yeah, yeah. definitely. That's what I think. That's what I would do. Uh, figure out a way to get some residual income in. Take yeah. a portion out of your money every month. Save it until you have yes. enough to buy a nice down payment, 20-25%. Then you collect money every month from it. It appreciates over the years and whatnot. Right. And that's about it. I mean, we have, we have a live going on right now. We yeah. are live. They were cap. They were capturing a little bit of the, the podcast so there. We we were recording some of our podcasts going on YouTube. Yes, right now too. we already had a couple of questions. Uh, but if you guys have any more questions, we'd be happy to answer. Definitely. We have about eight minutes left on the the anchor recording. By the way, thank you to Anchor. This is not paid advertising. Um, anchor helps us do all this stuff. It makes it so easy for us. Um, it's best. important to take advantage of all the technology in your life, guys. I mean. Um, you know, I, it's, it's crazy how, how, uh, technology is moving and we talked a little about, about the restaurant business and how I see, you know, Postmates, Grubhub, Uber Eats, all these businesses taking advantage of the sit down restaurant industry. You know, it used to be drive through. Now it's, right, it's right. You gotta, <laughs> takeout, you know, you got to adapt to the, to the market circumstances. So everyone now watching our live. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. Me yes. and Chris are happy to answer. We got we got a few minutes left on this on this podcast, this YouTube video that we're doing all at the same time. Yes, uh, we got about five minutes left. Manny, you have any questions? And by the way, we think uh, we think that we uh, we really want to have people on here that talk about their real experiences in real definitely. estate or business. Let us so, know if you ever want to get on. Let us know. Uh, we have an email. Hold on, I'm gonna <laughs> look up the email. Um, or you could just DM us, you know. Yeah, DM us on Instagram. Um, Someone's I, asking us, when is this YouTube video coming out? This YouTube video will be out by Wednesday. Yeah, Manny, go check it out on Wednesday. Yes. Definitely be out there for you. We got It'll some. be on Anchor this afternoon, but if you want a visual, if you want to see the rest of my sweet, <laughs> sweet tracksuit, definitely check us out. Yeah, man, check out his hat too. <laughs> we, we covered some nice topics here. We talked about the new Zillow. Zillow trying to, trying to buy properties yeah. without realtors. Uh, we talked about we were lots of good cryptocurrency news. coming back into real estate. Yeah, we so, we had to take a little bit of time off. We had a bunch of stuff going on with um, with our lives, so we're glad we had some good information this week that hopefully you guys enjoy. Definitely. And uh, let's see if we get any more questions. Let us know. All right, so Mandy asked this question. See who else is in here. All right, I'll tip That's about it. All right, so you want to cut the owner wrap this up? Trying to get to lunch now. Yeah. All let's right, go. guys. <laughs> Have a good day. We appreciate you guys listening in to the Real Talk podcast. We'll be at Hello Guys later. We will be at Hello Guys. <laughs> Catch us there. Um, that is the spot that we like to head to. Definitely. And um, we hope you guys learn as much information from this podcast as we do. And uh, keep watching episode five. This is episode four. This is episode four. This is episode yeah. four. Episode We're out five. Here. We're real. We're not giving soon. up. Yes. So thank you guys for watching. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.